right, so you guys want to introduce yourselves and okay. tell her about, or ask her about breakfast or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what did you have for breakfast? Oh, nothing. <laughs> That's not good. Absolutely nothing has been had for breakfast. I, I'm i in the middle of finishing my latest book, Women in Art. Ooh! So when does know, it come out? I know, but when that happens, my schedule gets very, very, very turned around. So I stay up, because I am a night person when it comes to getting art done. So I actually, and this is going to sound crazy, when I'm in the thick of doing a project and I'm working maybe like 12 hours a day, I actually end up staying up till like 4 in the morning. So I have just woken up maybe an hour ago, and after this, I'm going to go get breakfast. Wow. Isn't that nice? When you work for yourself, you get to make your own hours. As long as you meet all of your deadlines, you get to go to sleep when you want, you get to wake up when you want, but you still have to make all the deadlines exactly on time. Um, I have a bedtime, so I can't do that. <laughs> Same. No, no, no. I had, when I was your age, I was going to sleep at like 9.30 every night to wake up early for the bus. So. Yeah. <laughs> you will not do this until you are in your late 20s if you have a job like me. Most people never get to do this. <laughs> <laughs> when does your book come out? The Woman Arts one. Women in Art is going to come out in uh, this fall, so this fall, 2019, um, and it actually, it goes to the printers in March, so right now, um, all the artwork and words have been turned in, and me and my editor are working on just making sure that everything looks perfect and is phrased perfectly, so we're in, like, the fine details part of it, so get ready, everyone. (laughs) Hi, I'm Bo Lang. And I'm Julie Mathis. And this is All Girls Considered, a podcast dedicated to empowering women. All over the world. <laughs> we find your art so inspiring and awesome. What um, made you start to explore art? Well, I was doing art longer than I could remember. Um, I've always been doing art, but it was kind of around the age of 16 where I realized this is what I feel really passionate about and this is what I want to make a career out of. So um, I started applying to like pre-college courses and I would um, uh, take actually the train into the city when I was 16 into Philadelphia. I lived in New Jersey at the time um, to take pre-college courses to get my portfolio together. And then, um, you know, my beginning of my senior year, I started applying to art schools, which meant going to portfolio reviews um, all over the East Coast, um, you know, making sure that, you know, doing all the testing like the SATs and things like that. But it's really, what's interesting about art is that when you, um, it's kind of like, almost like being a great athlete, there's all this availability of scholarships and things like that. So um, not only do you have to have like good grades and like extracurricular activities like applying to normal college, but you also have this, have to have a great portfolio and it's actually a double admission process. So, after I got into a bunch of schools and I saw how much the admissions people enjoyed my work and how many scholarships I was winning, I realized like, hey, you know what? I'm like actually really, really good at this. All these, all these like gatekeepers think I'm really good at this. Um, like I'm going to go into graphic design. And I'm going to make an entire career out of it. So um, it was kind of this realization when I was a teenager that I'm going to take a chance on myself and... Um, take it, take myself very seriously in this thing a lot of people don't think you can make a career out of and um, listening and hearing the feedback I needed to really get my portfolio portfolio to a level where um, 
schools were starting to give me money for it. So kind of going <laughs> to the college is the first time I got really, really paid for my artwork, if you think of it that way. And then um, I went to Teller School of Art, and then the rest is history. <laughs> um, why did you go into graphic design and not like like some kind of like like realism art? That is actually a very, very good question. Okay, so when you think about art and you think about, like, the way that schools teach art, they're divided into two different categories. There's fine art and then there's commercial art. If you choose a path in fine art, it's almost like going into academia, like getting a a degree in, like, the classics. Um, You need to be prepared to leave college and do residencies, do grad school, maybe even get a PhD. And that kind of track, you will be the most successful. And this sounds this sounds a little harsh, but it's true. You will be the most successful if you do not have to worry about money. And if you come from money. I do not come from money. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I needed a job, a J-O-B, when I got out of college. And commercial art is what can give you a job, a, a job right out of college. So you want to look at the designs where you're solving a problem, where you're um, interacting maybe even with clients. Um, so industrial design, graph design, um, illustrating for movies and game design, things like that. Those are the kinds of things that you kind of web design. You want to look at all of those if you're if you want to have a career track in the arts. And then on the side, you can do kind of fine art and and try and work the gallery scene um i went for graphic design at tyler school of art and their illustration and graphic design program is kind of melded into the same thing and there not only did i learn um how to refine my craft i learned um how to do contracts, how to get a resume together, all the things you need to get a job. And right out of college, beginning of my senior year in college, I got a job offer before I even graduated from Hallmark Greeting Cards. And that was my very, very first job out of college. And I got to draw little happy faces on cakes and little flowers. (laughs) And eventually, um, it it was, it was a wonderful job, but it wasn't the right job for me. I was, um, I wanted to create things about education and history and science and feminism. Um, so I actually quit that job, um, when I had enough money saved and enough, uh, clients built up for freelance work and I began just working for myself. And that was over four years ago. And as you can see now, I'm just a full-time author and illustrator who gets to publish whatever I want and make books. Uh, did you, did you honestly want to like be like, um, an illustrator for like TV shows or like, did you want to be an author? Or did you know that you wanted to be an author? I always wanted to make books. I was always interested in print and print media. Um, when I was like 14, I was drawing little comic books. When I was in high school, I was making little flip, little accordion books. And then when I was in college, I was just literally designing fake books from my portfolio, hoping one day I could just become an illustrator and author for print. Print is where my heart is. I love print. Um, print media is, uh, I think if there's something really exciting there because when you hand it to someone, um, so in my opinion, when you do TV and when you do um, 
uh, more complicated media that has like more people involved, your vision gets a little lost in it because you're working in a team. But for print media, it's still simple enough where you can be everything on a project. And that's what I personally like. I like, I like working alone and having full control over a project because I'm a little control freak. So that's why I love books and I love making posters and, and all the things that come out of paper. So, yeah. I'm honestly a control freak, too. <laughs> yeah. It's good to know that about yourself. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great to know that about yourself. So, are you more focused and, like, what do you like more, the art side of your career or the writing side? Oh, that's that's an easy question. I 100% like the art side of my career better. <laughs> um, I write because I feel like it's important for me to be the author on my projects to make sure that everything is said the way I want to say it um, and have, again, have that control. The art is where, like, my heart has always been. And I have, like, 10,000... I have over a million hours of practice doing art. So I can do it whether or not I feel like it. If I, like, am feeling sick and tired and I really don't want to do it, I could still work a whole eight-hour day doing the art. With writing, I have to I have to kind of treat myself like a little nice baby. I have like little treats ready for myself. I reward myself with snackies, and I'm only really productive with writing um, early in the morning for about three to four hours. And if I don't get that window in, then I don't get my writing done. So to make sure I get 500 words a day, I've learned what times it's good and it feels natural for me to write, and also what snacks I need to put to make sure that I get my work done. Yeah. All artwork becomes work eventually. It starts off as really fun and playful, and then it turns into work in the way that everything is work. And it's you need to push through those feelings of not feeling like doing it and the work part to, to get to the finish. So a lot of times knowing what it's going to look like before it's done really, really helps. So like pre-planning, sketching, things like that, knowing exact. So when you're not feeling up to it, you could just get it done. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. What I like to do is I like to treat myself like I'm the most important client in the world. Like <laughs> someone, like, it's like, oh, I'm the most important client. And if I don't get this done by this time on track, then, then I'm, I'm going to be in big trouble. So I treat myself like that. Um, and that's how I get my projects done in a timely manner. So long projects, it's easier to start with short projects. So instead of doing, um, of course, this is for class, so you have to finish. Yeah. But, but um, if on the side, if you're feeling like doing something, instead of doing um, a, a whole kid's book at first, do little posters. <laughs> so then the project's done and you could experiment and kind of figure out like who you are and what you want to say. But if it's if it's for school, then you got to get it done and you got to get it done on time. (laughs) (laughs) Your about me section in your website says that you're based, uh, based in Los Angeles. Has the area influenced your writing or illustrations? Oh man, it is really nice weather all the time. So there's something about having nice weather all the time that just like helps you get your work done. Um, when I take breaks, I like to go on walks and hike and stuff. So, of course, I'm seeing all the really interesting natural features that are in California that's nowhere else in the country. So, yeah, I, I just think the sunshine is just really great if you're an artist, in my opinion. Um, does, like, I mean, like, is it expensive to live there? Because, like, a, a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
the the coasts are all expensive, uh, more expensive than um, uh, the Midwest and stuff like that. Where are you guys located? Texas. We're, we're Texas. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. The state of Texas. Cowboys. cheaper areas there's more expensive areas california um has cheaper areas and more expensive areas but you know when you're a new york times best-selling author you get to live wherever you want <laughs> <laughs> um i lived in can when i worked for hallmark i lived in kansas city and that was a lot cheaper than when it was um what my uh, rent was when i was going to school in philadelphia so um it just depends but the downside of living somewhere that sometimes is less expensive is sometimes there's less opportunity. So, and um, although I loved living in Kansas City, there was a lot less opportunity for an artist like me to um, do events and things like that. So now that I live in California, I get to speak at labs. Um, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to speak at NASA very soon. California oh. has a base in NASA. So you get to meet uh, when you... Sometimes when you live in areas that um, are more populated and uh, sometimes a little more pricey, there's more opportunities that come with it. So it's kind of a trade-off, and it's 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 a decision to make way later in life. <laughs> <laughs> with this, can you explain your mission for your writing and illustrating for the listeners out there who may not know how? Oh, yeah. Well, with everything I do, I want to make sure that I get people excited about learning. So with uh, Women in Science, I wanted people to make sure that these female scientists who often weren't given their day in the sun, were often left out of history, became household names. And um, with my other books, like The Wonders Workings of Planet Earth, I want to get people excited about learning about ecology, how to preserve our planet. excuse me, how to preserve our planet and also understand the effects of climate change. So with every book I do, I get people excited. I want people to get excited about scientific literacy, get excited about learning about history, and also get excited about feminism. Don't we just love feminism here? <laughs> <laughs> what inspired you to pursue this that, may, that people may not know, like to pers- pursue your career? to pursue my career that people may not know. Um, I don't know. If you're, if you're interested in art and you're excited about having something to say, um, you just got to go out and do it. Um, th- I feel like often when you go into the arts, you feel a lot of feelings of like, you know, like, am I the best person to say this? Is my art good enough? And at the end of the day, it's not about whether or not your art is good enough. It's about you as an individual and your passion and this unique thing that you're bringing. There's always going to be someone who's a, who's better at illustrating, always going to be someone who's better at writing, but there's not going to be someone who is you. So just bite the bullet and do it. That's really the the thing. Um, I have noticed that a lot of people who go into art school, the first year that they're in art school, they're surrounded by, they're used to being in their high school, like the best artists in their high school. And then they go to art school, and then they're surrounded by people who are the best artists from their high school. And actually, a lot of people drop out of art school because of that. And that's that's not really what it's about. It's not about being the best. It's about honing your craft, figuring out your voice, and figuring out how to muscle through the work part of art and get it done. (laughs) So if you're feeling passionate about it, take the leap and just 
Just do it. Anyway. <laughs> Just <yeah>. do it. <laughs> Just do it. Nike. <laughs> <laughs> Um, on another note, we read your book, and while reading about Maria... Yeah, Maria Sibilia. Yeah. Um, Marian. Um, it reminded us of, um, you through the illustrating and research. Did you see the connection when you were writing and or feel some inspiration from her or the specific women from your books? Oh, absolutely. Um, her work was so beautiful, and she, uh, if for the listeners who don't know, um, she is a naturalist, uh, a scientific illustrator um, from way back when. And at the time, they didn't even know what bugs really did. They didn't understand how they reproduced. And just by drawing and observing um, caterpillars and butterflies, she realized their life cycle and actually um, got to share that with the world and got to share that, you know, bugs don't magically show up because of demons they're <laughs> animals like everything else that reproduce at a very at a very very small size usually in garbage that we couldn't see with our naked eye so um uh that's she 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 went about doing her drawings in a new way which i think that inspires any artist um also the one thing that really inspired me out of all my books, whether it's women in science, women in sports, and now women in art, is that these women were told no in so many different various ways, whether it was sexism, racism, or, or um, their economic class. And despite being told no, they saw that there was something in themselves that they wanted to share with the world and did their work no matter what, whether they were working in a tiny shed with no ventilation, whether they had no equipment, whether they were being made fun of, they continued to work on their passion. And by doing that, they've actually changed our world. Um, so it just goes to show you, if there's something that you really, really care about, don't let anyone stop you. Just go for it and, and make sure that people can see it and that your voice is heard. So um, these women really touched me in that way. So throughout all of your books, you've written about so many women. Is there one in particular that's really just stood out to you about being really inspirational or just really, like, interesting, close to you and kind of like, yeah, like that? Well, that's a, that's a really hard question because all their stories are so... They're so interesting, but I think one of the question, one of the uh, women in particular would have been uh, Lisa Meitner, um, just because of everything she went through and what she accomplished. So for those who don't know, Lisa Meitner was working at a time in Germany where women weren't allowed to go to university at all. So, but she was so smart that they wanted her to work at the universities of Berlin anyway. So they put her in the basement. And they wouldn't even let her use the bathrooms in the main building. She would have to go across the street and use the bathrooms in a restaurant because they were like, we don't want to see any women in the main building. So she's alone in the basement working on radiochemistry experiments. And um, eventually the Prussian government, at the time it was Prussia um, and Germany, they allowed women to enter university. She um, began discovering new elements with her lab partner, Arno Hahn, became very, very famous, became the, like the first woman in Germany to become a professor. Um, fast forward, she and Otto Hahn are trying to create a new experiment um, where they're trying to create a new element by smashing neutrons against the nucleus of uranium. So they're smashing neutrons against uranium. They're very, very confused by the outcomes they're getting. They make absolutely no sense. 
But um, what they didn't know is that they're actually on the brink of literally the greatest experiment of all time. So um, they're trying to decipher their notes and their results, but then Hitler rises to power. And Lisa is Jewish, so at the risk of her own life, um, she flees to Sweden to save her life so she doesn't end up in a concentration camp. Um, while in Sweden, um, at the like I said before, at the risk of her own life, she continues to write back and forth to Otto Hahn, continuing their experiment, continuing to figure out the results. And it's actually while she is a refugee in Sweden, she realizes that they weren't creating a new element, they're actually stretching apart the nucleus of an atom. They discovered nuclear energy. Okay, wait, that's really cool. (laughs) The sad part about it, though, is that even though she, um, she realized the results, she wrote back to Otto Hahn, they publish, she still can't return to Germany because she's Jewish. Um, and Otto Hahn is awarded the Nobel Prize for their discovery without her. Oh, so, oh that's so wrong. That's like, uh, so, <laughs> that's like a TV and, show that ends like, in a horrible now, way. Now, uh, we can tell her story and we can celebrate her for her accomplishments. And now when we hear the words nuclear energy, we can think Lisa Meitner. Um, Yay! And it's just, it's just, well, there's so many stories of women like that who have contributed just as much as like Einstein and Stephen Hawking, but we don't know their names. And it's about knowing their names, and that's knowing how history actually happened is how we begin to break down harmful stereotypes. So, um, yeah, she's that's one of my favorite stories from all from all 150 women that I've read about. <laughs> um, is there any? Oh wait. Uh, what does success mean to you? <laughs> what does success mean to me? Um, a lot of things. I mean, there's lots of levels of success. Um, there there are people who, I, I first off, I don't think there's one way to define success. Um, I think that if you're doing something that makes you happy every day, and if it's making the world a little bit better, whatever in whatever way, whether it's making um people happy and laugh or if it's um helping people learn about something or if it's um you know uh cleaning up oil spills or or or, you know helping build wells um there's um as long as you're happy with the work that you do and it's helping to make the world a little bit nicer for everyone i think that's success what would you like to say to all the girls who are listening to this podcast Oh, hello. (laughs) To all the girls who are listening to this podcast, um, just know that whatever you're feeling excited about learning, whatever you feel your, your passion is, um, whether it's, um, whether it's art, whether it's science, whether it's, um, you know, uh, whether it's organizing events, whether it's, um, being the fastest at track and field, whatever it is, um, go ahead and pursue it. Take a chance on yourself and do something that you love with the rest of your life. Well, thank you for being here and letting us interview you. Uh, I just really like your work, so I was really excited to interview you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, Thank you guys all so much. Um... Uh, what's your favorite book out of the ones you've written? Like, The Women in Science or Women in Sports? 
also or, have other ones. You, I mean, you also have other ones, but, like, which one's your favorite? What? Which one's my favorite? Oh, I, my favorite's always the newest one I'm working on, so Women in Art right now is my favorite. <laughs> That's um, gonna be fun. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, I, like, I like them all, but when I'm in it, that one becomes my favorite. And I try to write a book every year. Oh, that's cool. So, through all of your success, what's the biggest thing that's ever happened to you through your career? I think the biggest thing is actually um, just, like, the um, amount of success that Women in Science has gotten. Um, It's been on the New York Times bestseller list, I believe, for 84 weeks now. Dang, son. (laughs) Good job, Julia. I got nominated for an award, and I got got flown to... um, Dublin um, I didn't win but I still got a free trip to uh, n- not Dublin it was uh, Belfast Northern Ireland Ooh. so I still got a free Ooh. trip to Northern Ireland which my is mom's in there cool. thank you for your time when parents come we gotta go <laughs> bye Rachel